Wow. This may have been the most anointed praise and worship I've seen since being in the church. Right? On a snow day with like, I mean, this is powerful. This is powerful today. Thank you, Lord. Wow. Before we release the children in Marianne, I want to just show you, we did get a card here, uh, a thank you card from uh, the Good Samaritan Fund. The church gave $500 uh, to support them. So I wanted to, to read that. It says, thank you. Uh, two small words that convey the infinite feeling in my heart. On behalf of all the volunteers of the Good Samaritan Fund, I'd like to thank you for your recent donation of $500 to help support families living in Tuscola County. We can only do what we do because of the support from groups and individuals like you. Sincerely, Carol uh, Streifer. Striffer. All right. Give yourselves a hand because that is your money going to work in this area. Amen. We're advancing the kingdom here. So we, we are so happy that God is using that. Um, Alyssa, come on up here. If you would pray over the children and Marianne, that would be great. There you go. All right, Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit will minister to um, every children here today and that all distractions will fall away so that they can get a word today from Marianne. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Have a great time down there. I know we are going to have fun up here. Amen. Always. Oh, hallelujah. Wow. That that was powerful. What What some great praise and worship. Remembering the Lord's broken body and His blood. Amen? Oh, hallelujah. Well, if you have your Bibles, open them up to Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40, and I want to look at verse 31 to kick this thing off. The Lord has given me a word for the new year, to kick this new year off. So, um, those who aren't here today... You know what? It's going on the internet. It'll be up. Anybody around the world can hear it. Amen? But I, I know this message is going to be a blessing. But Isaiah 40, uh, 31, and it says these words. It's so awesome and comforting. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I love that. Isn't that so comforting and strengthening? That's a supernatural word from the Lord to you. Amen? Now, we have to understand that we ended 2021 going into this new year. You have to understand that it is the faithfulness of God that has carried us through this past year. Amen? I mean, a lot of tough situations have been going on in people's lives. It's the faithfulness of God that has brought us to this point in our life right now. Think back, how many things have we gone through that could have killed us, right? When God was right there protecting us. I mean, if we had any clue of what was going on in the spirit realm around us, we would be, our minds would be blown. Amen? But God is faithful. And, and like I said, we have no clue how many times he's protected us. So we, we, we thank him for the things that he has done, but thank him for the things that he's protected us from that we don't have any clue about. Amen? All right. So um, I believe that part of the waiting on the Lord process, it says those who wait on the Lord. Part of waiting on the Lord process is not just waiting, doing nothing, but the Holy Spirit wants us to take inventory of our life, right? I mean, that's so important for us as Christians. So we're going to just take a little bit of an inventory, and I want to talk about four keys to a new beginning. Four keys the Holy Spirit has given me for a new start, the new start of this year. So the first key for a new beginning is this. You need to settle it in your heart right now to put the Lord and his written word at the very center of your life. He's like, our life is like the wheel. He should be the spoke right in the middle. Amen. Without the spoke, it crashes down, right? So we need to put him at the very center of our life. We need to break the, and I said this a lot lately, but I'm going to continue to say it. We need to break the negative cycles in our life. And and, and the only way to really do that is to have true communion and fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Amen? And 
for us to have good fruit in our life, we need to be connected to the vine, the true vine, Jesus Christ. We need to abide in him. We need to abide in the anointed one and his anointing. I like that, right? Remember I told you, Christ is not Jesus's last name, right? <laughs> it's a title. It's He's the anointed one and his anointing. We need the anointing to break the yoke. Amen? So, Here's the deal. If you have bad or negative fruit in your life, it's because of this one thing. You're plugged in to the wrong vine. It's the wrong life source. Go with me to John chapter 15. John chapter 15. Oh yeah, this is going to be good here. John chapter 15, verses 1 through 5, we're going to take a look at here. And the words are in red. When the words are in red, that means Jesus is doing the talking. If you have a red letter edition Bible. Amen. All right. So John chapter 15, verses 1 through 5. It says, I am the true vine. Underline the word true if you have a pen. I am the true vine. And my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you, unless you abide in me. Here's what Jesus said about himself. Look at this. I am the true vine, or I am the vine, and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. Or in other words, you can do nothing without eternal significance on this earth. I I don't know about you, but I want to do something that's going to impact people, that's going to impact a region, impact. I want my life to make an impact, Amen. And Jesus is saying this, you will not make an impact in anybody's life or your own unless you're connected in him. Jesus said he is the true vine. So here's, when I read this, my teaching anointing on me, when I read that, immediately my mind goes like this. Oh, he's the true vine. So there must be a lot of false vines. Are you seeing this? Evidently, there are false vines that we like to plug into in our life. Stay away from false vines. Separate yourself. Disconnect yourself from the false vines. Here's why. Because they don't give life. They poison your life. They clutter your life. Here it is. They suck the life out of you. And here it is. They dehydrate you. Only the true vine can hydrate you spiritually, properly. Isn't that powerful? Go with me. I want to show you something that was really interesting. Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12. When I read that verse and and the, the whole dehydration thing, and you'll dry up spiritually without being connected to Jesus, immediately the Holy Spirit brought this scripture to mind. Matthew chapter 12. Verses uh, 43 through 45. Look at this. Jesus said, When an unclean spirit or a demon goes out of a man, he goes through, look at this, dry places, seeking rest and finds none. Then he says, I will return to my house or the body from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it empty, swept, and put in order. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits or demons more wicked than himself. And they, and they enter and dwell there. <laughs> and the last state of the man is worse than the first. So, so shall it be in this wicked generation. I think this is the wicked generation Jesus is talking about. Because how many of you know there's a lot of false vines out there? Amen. I find it interesting that it says that demons go through dry places. If you are not truly connected to Jesus, you are dry spiritually. Oh my. And then it goes on to say that he want, that demon wants to return to that house or to that person from, from which it came out. And then he finds it empty, swept, put in order. 
and brings with him seven other demons more wicked. This tells us, it gives us another clue about the spirit realm. You ready for this? There's levels and ranks of demons. Notice it said he's going to take seven more demons more wicked. Well, aren't all demons wicked? Yeah, they're all wicked. But evidently, this is Jesus talking. There's demons that are more wicked than some. There's ranks in the spirit realm. Powerful, isn't it? It's good to know about the spirit realm. We've majored too long on this crummy natural realm. If we want to change the natural, we got to know the spirit realm. Amen? All right. So here we go. I love this now. The Holy Spirit is referred to as living water. Are you following this? This passage is talking about a person now that has received deliverance, cleaned their house. Demons were cast out of this person. And on the inside, they cleaned their house, but they never truly plugged into Jesus, the true vine. And uh, that would truly hydrate, hydrate them. So the person never took the time. Here's what it's saying. The person never took the time to strengthen their relationship with the Lord after receiving deliverance, after being set free. They have rejected the Holy Spirit. The, that person is a target for demons to return into to their life seven more times wicked than the first. That's why before I run anyone through deliverance, I make sure. Are you sure you're ready to get serious with the Lord? See, that's why deliverance is not for unbelievers. Well, you mean a Christian can have a demon? Well, yeah, that's who it's for. Deliverance is the children's bread, Jesus said. Well, an unbeliever is not a child of God, right? Think about it. See, it's such a taboo subject in the body of Christ, right? How can a Christian... Remember, we're body, soul, and spirit. You are a spirit. You have a body. You have a soul. Demons can, can be in your body. They can be in your soul. They cannot be in your spirit. That's where the Holy Spirit is. Are you hearing me, somebody? So what's the point of trying to cast a demon out of an unbeliever if they're not going to change and follow Christ? Because they're just going to get refilled up again and become worse than they were the first time. It just makes sense, right? So we are told to abide in Christ and to stay filled with the Holy Spirit. To stay, here it is, spiritually hydrated. See, here's what I want to tell you. Demons are attracted to the dry places of your life. Demons are attracted to the dry places in your life. Those areas in your life that you have not truly surrendered to the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you following me? Come on, pastor's preaching real good this morning, right? Okay, so so demons are attracted to the dry places in our life. The Word of God says in Ephesians 4.27, uh, we're told not to give any place to the devil. That, you know, that literally means, in the Greek, it means a specific location. It literally means real estate, a specific place in your life. So that's why you can be on fire in all areas of your life, but there's maybe a couple places, there's some dry places in your life. What is it? Maybe you're addicted to pornography. Maybe you're addicted, maybe there's a bondage in your life. Maybe there's addiction. I don't know what it is. You and the Holy Spirit know, but all I'm saying is this. Those are the places we need to get right with the Lord. We need to surrender to the Lord and let the Holy Spirit come in. Let him hydrate us so it doesn't give place to the devil. Amen? Amen. All right. So here's the deal. We need to let every important decision that we make run through the filter of the word of God in prayer. Determine that you will... So back to my main point, we need to put God at the very center, the very core of our life. That's what I'm saying. Everything we do, all the important decisions. You know, you got some people who get a little wacky, you know. It's like, oh, Holy Ghost, what color sweater should I wear today? Well, you can do that if you want. But, you know, he. let me just assure you, he probably doesn't care about that. But we need to bring, we need to bring the important decisions to prayer. Always run it through the filter of the Word of God. Ask God, bring it. Determine that you will not be led by your fleshly emotions. That will always bring you to the wrong destination. You, you, have you found that out yet? I know if, I'm, if I have a fleshly emotion going on, I know, I mean, the, the, the flesh does not know the righteousness of God. And when you react just by emotions, it always brings me to the wrong place. Amen? 
So determine you're not going to be ruled by your fleshly emotions, but that you will seek the Lord first. Make him your first priority, not the last resort. Go to Proverbs chapter 3. Let me show you something here. Proverbs chapter 3. I'm talking about starting a new beginning. This message is titled, Keys to a New Beginning. Keys to a new beginning. It doesn't matter what year you're going into. If you're listening to this online in the year 2030, it's just as current now in 2022 as it's going to be in 20, 30 years. Why? Because the anointing never dies off of a message that's built on the Word. Amen? Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 6. Very common passage, but I want to break it down for you. It says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, And lean not on your own understanding. Here it is. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he shall direct your paths. This is powerful. So we are told to trust with the Lord, in the Lord with all of our heart and acknowledge him. So trust him and invite him into your situation. And we have the promise that he will direct our path. The book of James tells us, It says, if you lack wisdom, if you lack wisdom in a situation to ask God and he will give you, he will not just give it to you, he will give it liberally. In fact, it it almost gives us the picture like this, like, like God's right here getting ready and he has the answer he wants to give it and he's waiting. He's just waiting for you to ask him for wisdom in your life in that situation. That's, that's the picture that the Word of God has given us here, that God is eager for you to ask Him. Are you getting this? Okay, He's eager. Once you ask, here's what I want to break down. Once you ask Him for wisdom, get quiet and tune in on the inside for the answer. You see, if you ask but you tune Him out, you'll never get the answer. It's like this. It's like you asking me a question, right? But you keep blabbing and you never give me a chance to respond. This is what we do with the Holy Spirit. God, I need wisdom. God, I need wisdom. I can't stand this situation. Oh, I can't stand this situation. Please, God, give me wisdom. He's saying, well, shut up and let me give it to you. Right? All right. So it it makes no sense to ask for wisdom if we're not going to get quiet and listen for the answer. Amen? All right. So, a very important aspect then of acknowledging God, because it says here, trust in the Lord with all your heart and to acknowledge Him, right? It says right there, in all your ways, acknowledge Him. So, it would be important to know what, what does acknowledge mean, right? We know what trusting in Him means, right? What about acknowledging So a very important aspect of acknowledging God is to focus on Him. Make Him the center of your attention. See, it's not true acknowledgement without focusing on Him. That's important. You know, if I'm at home and one of my kids walk into the house and and I'm sitting there watching TV and they walk in and I don't say anything, my focus is on something else, not not my kid, right? Acknowledging Him means focusing. Focusing on him, giving him time, giving him time, giving him place in your life. It it means making him a priority in your life, not just in times of need. See, there's too much emergency prayer that we do, right? Now, prayer is good. It's good to do it in that time. But my point is this. If we would build ourselves up in prayer, that's why I'm so proud of this church. You guys are people of prayer. This is a church of prayer. I love that. Oh, my. So, you know, we need to be people of prayer and listening for the answer. Amen? So acknowledging him, let me say it one more time, means to truly value your relationship with him and his presence in your life. It's making him a priority and not just in times of need. That's the whole first point. Point number two, the second key for a prosperous new year, a prosperous new year, new beginning, flows right in with the first one I mentioned. Separate yourself from every distraction in your life. See, we need to tear down, we need to kick over every idol that we have put above our relationship with the Lord. Go to 1 John chapter 5. 
First John chapter 5. For those who don't know where it's at, it's right before Second John. So, um, <laughs> I love that joke. Uh, so, First John, way at the end. Not the book of John, but First John, way toward the end. First uh, John chapter 5. So the first point was make, make the Lord Jesus the center of every part of your life. Not one important decision goes through without you first praying about it and seeking the Word, seeking Him on that answer. Amen? All right, so 1 John 5, 18 through 21. Here it is. We know that whoever is born of God does not sin. Meaning if you're born again, you're not going to just continue to habitually sin. Like it's normal. It's normal. Guess what? I hate to break it. You're probably going to mess up, right? But he's, the word says, if you mess up, we do have a mediator, Jesus Christ, that you can ask him for forgiveness of sin. Confess your sin and forsake it. Amen? And he will forgive you. You can have that new beginning anytime. But we know that whatever whoever is born of God does not sin. But he who has been born of God keeps himself, and the wicked one does not touch him. In other words, you're not giving place to the enemy constantly. You're not doing this. We know that we are of God and that the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. We know this. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true, in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Look at now, look how he ends this letter. Look at this. Verse 21. Little children, Christians, disciples of Christ, little children, keep yourselves from idols. He wraps it up with a warning, with an expectation uh, to, for us to stay away from idols. Now, an idol is anything that we put above our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit through John gives us that warning to keep us, keep yourselves from idols. Now, here's what I want to show you as well. This just came to me. It's our responsibility. God, please keep me from idols. God's looking back and say, read that again. Keep yourselves from idols. It's our responsibility to keep ourselves from any idols in our life that we would let creep up. Amen? The whole worldly system if you haven't figured it out, is under the sway of the wicked one. Have you figured that out yet? The Word of God says that Satan is the God of this world system. By the way, it's a small g. You know, when we use the term, term God, God is kind of a, just a generic term. You do know that, right? That's why, like, that's why when you're witnessing to someone, you don't say, do you believe in God? They might say, yeah. Well, the next question is, what God do you believe in? That's why you always say, do you believe in Jesus? Are you hearing me? Always bring it back to Jesus because God is kind of a generic term. We know who we're talking about, right, when we say God, but a lot of people don't. Amen? All right. So, the, you know, the Bible says that Satan is the God, with a small g, of this whole world system. So we need to take this inventory of our life, like I, I said. What fits into that worldly category that we have allowed in to create a dry place in our life that, that has taken priority over our relationship with our Heavenly Father? What distractions are in our life right now? They can be a person, place, or thing. A person, place, or thing. That's between you and the Holy Spirit right now. Just seek, seek the Lord on your own. What are they? I guarantee you, I know if you take care, if you have a heart toward really putting God at the center, getting rid of those distractions, getting rid of those idols, you, you will have a spiritual breakthrough in your life that will blow your mind. I promise you that. Amen? So you must develop, you know, I talk a lot about a, a kingdom uh, mindset, a heavenly mindset, right? I talk about that a lot. So ask yourself if this person, place, or thing is really advancing your relationship with the Lord. And if the answer is no, you know what? Very simple. Make the change. Make the change. And ask the Lord to help you. But ultimately, we are to keep ourselves from idols. Go to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. We're rolling right along here now. Matthew... Chapter 6, 
verse 24. Man, I feel a great flow to this service today. I'm loving it. Amen. All right. Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. And I don't know about your Bible, but I have the red letter edition. In my Bible, these words are in red. So that means that Jesus Christ himself is doing the talking here. And it says these words. Here it is. No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Say, I cannot serve two masters. Say that. I cannot serve two masters. See, you cannot serve two masters. You're either serving God or mammon. Now, what's mammon? A lot of people read that and be like, okay, what is mammon then? Mammon is talking about money or worldly materialism. Because remember, who's the God of this world system? The enemy. So mammon is referring to everything that falls under the umbrella of worldliness, anything that would suck dry our spiritual life. Go to Matthew chapter 6, just up the, up the hill a little bit to, to uh, verses 19 through 21. 19, uh, Matthew 6, 19 through 21. I love this. Jesus is doing the talking again. Man, he's got some awesome, rich things to say that will change your life. Here he goes. He says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. Here it is. This is the whole point Jesus is trying to say. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Make sure you're adding to your heavenly account. I, I, I know, trust me, it's, it's so nice to have a bank account that's nice and stacked. I know it makes us comfortable. But guess what? We take none of it with it but the eternal value. Are you hearing me, somebody? This is pastor talking now, trying to bring us back into line with God's word in the mind of God, right? Eternal value. Set our, set our mind on things above. Amen? Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Answer this question in your own heart. What do you consider a treasure in your life? Amen? That is the thing or the things that have your heart in life. Because that's what Jesus said. Whatever you consider treasure, that's what has your heart. Amen? And, and I, let me bring this back to you. Maybe some who wasn't, wasn't here before. But say if you were on your deathbed right now. You were on your deathbed. And you just had minutes, moments to live. Would you be on your deathbed saying, Man, I wish I worked more overtime at my job. Man, I wish I would have made more money. No, what will you be saying on your deathbed? I wish I spent this more time with family. Are you hearing me, somebody? Man, the things that really matter in life. Amen? Relationships, people, family. Amen? Your relationship with the Lord, of course. So, you know, and out, the, the Bible says that out of our heart flows the issues of life. That's why you need to really take an inventory. Lord, where, what, what do I consider treasure? Do that tonight, even in bed. Just take a piece of paper and write down, what do I value in my life? What do I value? And write those things down. And if they don't pass the word test, you might want to do some work on those areas in your life. Amen? So, uh, out of those things, they flow the issues of life. God wants your whole undivided heart. He wants everything. Remember, I mentioned this last week, that a covenant is a two-way street, Right? Like when you married, uh, when you, husbands, when you married your wife, right? I mean, you have expectations out of her and she has expectations out of you, right? And if, if one is only doing those expectations, there's going to be some friction there. It's not going to be a smooth relationship. Well, it's the same with God. God has expectations for us as his children, just as we have expectation uh, with him. Amen. And, but the thing is with God, man, you can be vulnerable with him. He will never let you down. Amen. We let him down, right? But let's try to minimize that. Amen? All right. He wants our whole heart. Amen. So 
I want to. I wanted to touch on one thing. I wrote this down because it was on my heart to write it. But I'll tell you one very sneaky idol in the lives of people and in relationships. Ready for this? Codependency. Codependency. As I minister to people with emotional healing and deliverance ministry, one thing I'm finding is a huge epidemic: is people are codependent on other people. In a, in a sense where it makes an idol over them, where they're not trusting God in their life, they're trusting a mate, or they're trusting a boyfriend, or they're trusting a girlfriend. Are you hearing me? Say codependency. Codependency, not only is it making an idol out of an individual in your life, but man, it's cutting your time away from God. It's, cut, it's taking your focus off of the Lord and on another person. So we do not want... Codependency. So that's why when you go into a, a relationship with someone, you know, you, you need to get started off on the right foot. Make sure you're making the Lord your priority. Amen. And because it, it's so easy to turn and be codependent on an individual. And I, I mean, and I'm not just saying depending on someone. I'm talking about where it's a bondage in a person's life. Amen. And in a relationship. All right. Amen. All right, so um, oh, here's another thing I, I wrote down because I've seen this a lot in the past. Um, th- there's maybe a, a husband or a wife, uh, one of them's Christian, one's not, right? And so one of the spouses say, hey, I, I want to serve the Lord. I want to start going to church. And the other spouse says, I forbid you to go to church. I've, trust me, I've run into this, man, when I pastored before. And, and the advice is this, guess what? You, there's one higher law. The word of God. You obey God. You put God at the priority of your life. You never sacrifice your relationship with God with, for a relationship on the earth. Are you hearing me? You put God first. Say, I'm going to put God first. Oh, you wouldn't believe how many times I've seen that. Oh, I forbid you to go to that church. Well, too bad. See, I'm going. Amen. Because I'm putting God first in my life. All right. So always... Whoever, and maybe this is, I'm sure this is for someone listening online somewhere around the world. They're going through it. But remember, the highest law is always the word of God. It always has the final say. And guess what? The word of God is even higher than the government. Hello, somebody. The word of God is higher than the government. So if the government is trying to force you to do something that's against the word, nope, you have no, you're under no obligation by God to obey that government. Come on, somebody. That's an amen right there. All right. So number three, as we move on here, the third key to a new beginning is to be at peace with your past. The third key to a new beginning, starting off brand new. You must be at peace with your past. You see, it's impossible to start a new beginning if you are constantly hanging on to and being affected by your past. It's impossible. Listen to me. If you're struggling, if this is you here today listening online around the world right now, listen, it's impossible to go back and change anything from our past. We've all made mistakes, right? Even pastors made mistakes, amen? All the pastors behind the pulpits have made mistakes, right? In the past. But, listen to me. Listen to me. You will never move forward without having peace with your past. It's impossible to change anything. You need to let it go. And now, part of the letting go process is going through an emo- Go through some emotional healing. Go through deliverance ministry, if that's what it's there for. Amen? Um, but, so you cannot change the past, but you can do what you can do now to make the needed changes to prevent those negative cycles from ever happening again in your life. I want to show you something to encourage you guys. Let's look at some biblical examples and encourage you to let go of your past and start a new beginning. Number one, how about Mary Magdalene? Mary Magdalene was a prostitute before following Christ. Can you imagine the guilt and shame that was on her shoulders from living such a life? She not only overcame her past, but the Word of God says that she was delivered from seven demons that came out of her. And she was set free from her bondages, from that sinful lifestyle. Amen? What a conversion. What a wonderful example of the grace and mercy of God. 
Mary Magdalene was, was one of the first to see Jesus after his resurrection from the dead. Isn't that a beautiful? What some grace and mercy. A prostitute, people. Do I have your attention today? She was, she was a hot mess. Come on, somebody. But she, but she was such, she got delivered. She started ministering with Jesus and ministering to Jesus in his earthly ministry. And she was the, one of the first to see Jesus after his resurrection. What a beautiful thing. She went from being a prostitute to a child of God. Like I said, ministering with Jesus. She was given a new beginning. The love and acceptance that she was searching for her whole life was now found in Christ alone. You see, if you're searching for that love and acceptance, you can stop searching today because it's only found in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not found in any other person. The next example is David. David was another person that was given new beginnings. Come on, somebody. Not just a new beginning. He was given new beginnings. This dude was messed up. He messed up quite a bit, didn't he? Uh, But David, he made many mistakes in his life. But one characteristic that really reveals to us in the Word of God is that David, are you ready? He was quick to repent. He was quick to repent. Come on, somebody. Look at Psalm 51. Psalm 51. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care what your past was. Come on. I don't care what your past was. God can use you. You can be an earth shaker, a kingdom mover. Come on, somebody. So here we go. Psalm 51. Look at this. Psalm 51 through, verses 1 through 4. This is powerful. This is, this is David crying out to God. Listen to this. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness. According to the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me of my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is always before me. See, he's not trying to hide anything from God because you can't hide anything from God. You're an open book. I'm an open book. Look at this, verse 4. Against you and you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight that you may be found just when you uh, that that you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge thank god that it's god's mercy it's according to his loving kindness his loving kindness not man how many of you know man looks at the outward appearance that's what the word of god says man looks at the mess that we are on the outside and the mess we made of our life but the word says that god looks at the heart and that's why i never understood it what do you mean god that david is a man after your own heart man the dude had someone he was having an affair with the woman and had the husband killed is this it? he was quick to repent he was an open book. He, and, and, and let me tell you something. David dealt. David dealt with some serious consequences of his sin. Now, let me, let me just tell you this. There's going to be times when God will restore something that was broken, you messed up. There might be times where there is a consequence of a sin. It, it just sometimes, you know, it, he did. There were some consequences. But thank God we are under the new and better covenant. Amen. And God can restore. God can heal. Amen? How about Paul? He was given a new beginning, didn't he? His first name was Saul. Saul, who later became Paul, was a man that was throwing Christians in prison and murdering Christians for their faith in Jesus Christ. Yet, this was a man that God used to write much of the New Testament. Man, there's hope for us today, isn't there? Now, He had an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ on the road to Damascus that changed his life forever. The man that was beating and killing Christians is now given a new beginning to be a chosen vessel to preach and teach the gospel of Jesus Christ and write much of the New Testament. Now, if that's not grace, I don't know what is. Amen. Just the fact, I love this too, just the fact that Saul was renamed Paul, illustrates the fact that he was given a new start. It's funny, me, when uh, in my younger years, you know, every, all my family and stuff called me Jim or Jimmy and stuff. 
You know, well, my birth certificate says James, right? So when I got born again, I'm like, I'm changing this up. I'm James now. That's the old, that's the old guy, Jim and Jimmy, right? They still call me Jim and Jimmy. All right. So that's family though, but, (laughs) but it was just funny, but it kind of reminded me of the Paul thing, you know, it's kind of a new beginning, new start. But how about this one? This is a powerful one. Peter. Peter was given given a new beginning. Peter was chosen by the Lord Jesus Christ himself to be one of the 12. Isn't that awesome? Peter spent three years with Jesus, night and day, ministering the gospel. This was not a shallow relationship. You've got to understand this. This was not a shallow relationship between Peter and Jesus. All right? This was three years of close discipleship and friendship. Follow me now. Yet... In Jesus' darkest hour when he needed the support, Peter denied Jesus three times. My goodness. The Word of God says that when Peter, uh, that Peter wept immediately after he denied knowing Christ. Can you imagine this? Now, this is powerful. The Word of God is very powerful on this one topic. Can you imagine the guilt and shame that Peter felt on this day? Again, this was not just some some shallow relationship he had. He was close. Him and Jesus were close. But this is not the end of the story. This is not the end for Peter. A resurrected and healing Jesus was getting ready to heal Peter's broken heart. Go to John chapter 21. John chapter 21. Oh my. Wouldn't wouldn't that have been a shame if... See, Peter, when he denied Jesus those three times, he thought, Peter thought, it's done, it's over. Man, so much guilt, so much shame in my life for, for letting Jesus down, right? He thought that was the end of the story. But look at this. John 21, verses 15 through 17. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said, yes, Lord. This was after Peter. This was after Jesus was resurrected. Are you following me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know, you know that I love you. He said, feed my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend to my sheep. And when he, he, he said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. What, this is amazing. Peter denied Jesus three times. And then Jesus comes along and asked Peter, Three times, do you love me? For each time Peter denied him, Jesus gave him three chances to redeem himself. Wow! Isn't that powerful? There is no greater feeling to know that you're in right standing with God. What a new beginning! Peter went on to be a mighty apostle for the Lord Jesus Christ. You read the the, the uh, first and second Peter, they're bold books, amen? I mean, what a new beginning! It's, there's hope for us, people. Um, and for those of you who have failed, for those of you who denied Christ in the past, you can make that change like Peter did and be used mightily by God. And just like Jesus asked Peter if he loved him, if you get real quiet before the Lord, you will sense the Holy Spirit asking you this question, do you love me? And you can have a new beginning. Amen? The fourth and the final key, and we're going to close this thing out as we get ready for a powerful year here at Living Waters Chapel. Here, now I want you to really get this soaked in, okay? The fourth and final key to a new beginning is to desire and expect the supernatural power of God in your life. Not in just someone else's life. I'm telling you, expect it in your own life, amen? Get your focus off of the natural realm. Put it on the spirit realm where the impossible becomes possible. The realm that determines the outcome of the, of the natural realm. Settle it in your heart to move past. Here's what I want all of us to do. 
I want us to settle it in our heart. Let's move past all of our spiritual comfort zones. Amen? And let's press in for more revelation from the Word, more miracles, signs, wonders, and divine appointments. Start praying more. Start praying in tongues more. Stretch yourself spiritually. All of us. I'm preaching to myself. Go to Ephesians 3.20. This is the last passage here. Ephesians 3.20. We need to... I'm telling you, we're going into something great. And uh, and so the Holy Spirit is going to be stretching all of us here. Amen? Man, there's going to be people that are coming in these doors. I've been thinking about this. I've been thinking. And, and, I, and I was talking to Marianne about this. I said, you know, I said, you know, all over the, the world, there's churches all over the world. I said, what, what would we want our church, Living Waters Chapel, to be known for? Like when people bring up Living Waters Chapel, what do we want it to be known for? And we, we both said, man. I want it to be known for where people can come to this church and have an encounter with the Holy Spirit and their lives are changed forever in this place where they know, hey, when they hear Living Waters Chapel, this is a place where the Holy Spirit is welcome, where the Holy Spirit moves. Amen? Where the love of God is rich in that place and people are being changed for eternity in this place. That's how I want them to see it. How about you guys? Ask yourself that question. If the Holy Ghost gives you something, I want to know because, I mean, isn't that an interesting question? How do we want people to view in this area? Living Waters Chapel. It's interesting. I love it. Ephesians 3.20. Look at this. Now to him who is able. I want you to underline able. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. According to the power that works in us. That is amazing. Now I want you to notice that he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above what we could ever ask or think. But it's according to the power that works in us. So he's able. He's able. It doesn't say he's going to do it. It said he's able to do it because it's dependent upon the power that works in our own life. Think about this. This is powerful. He is able according to the power that works in us. Now, that power is the level of faith to allow the Holy Spirit to flow through us. I want you to notice that it's above what we could ever ask or think. This is, it's saying this, that He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above what even our natural minds could even think. Isn't that amazing? That, that blows my mind. This is the creator of the universe. This is our creator God. And he's saying, I can do so up and beyond. The, the best thing that you, Living Waters, the best thing that you can even think about in your life, I can exceed that a trillion fold and more than that. Wow. My goodness. It's talking about our faith in connection with the Holy Spirit. Praying in tongues. Praying in tongues is powerful because it says that we're above what we could ever ask or think. So that's why praying in tongues is so important because you're allowing the Holy Spirit to pray through you. Uh, And praying in the Spirit also includes not just tongues, but it means being led by the Spirit. Amen? We want to be led by the Holy Spirit because if we're going to try to pray in our natural mind, we're not going to get very far. So when you pray in tongues, though, Jude 20 says that you're building up, I love this, our most holy faith. Wow, that's powerful. Praying in the Holy Spirit, allowing the Holy Spirit to direct our prayers. Church, let's expect the supernatural to break out in every area of our lives with this new beginning. Amen? Here they are, right here. Number one, put God and His Word at the center of your life. Number two, separate yourself from every distraction. Get it out of there. And number three, be at peace with your past. You can't change the past. If you need help, come and see us. Amen? We'll help you get past that hump. And number four, 
develop a hunger and an expectation for the supernatural power of God in our life. Let's all stand in this place. Hallelujah. That will, if you will put those four keys, oh, if you will put those four keys into action, you will see God move in a mighty way in your life personally, in in this church corporately. Lord, thank you so much for that word. Holy Spirit, I sense your presence in such a mighty way today. Wow. You see, oh, it's not about numbers. It's about the hungry hearts in this place. That's what it's about. Hallelujah. But don't kid yourself. I think this place is going to get packed here in the near future. But, and we welcome them. We welcome them. Amen. But thank God that when two or three gather together, come on, he's there in the midst. If there's anyone in this place, you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Right now, if someone listened to me online, you're not born again. Today is the day of salvation. You don't know when you're going to take your last breath. And you, you make your decision on this earth. Nobody's going to pray you out of a purgatory. Nope. Nope. There is no purgatory, people. The decision needs to be made right here on this earth while you are breathing. So if you have breath in your lungs, you still have a chance. If you've never made Jesus Lord of your life and you want to be born again today for, and change your address for eternity, meet me over by this tree and I want to pray with you. Maybe there's someone in here you've uh, never received the Holy Spirit baptism with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. If you want to receive the Holy Spirit baptism, powerful. Jesus said, you shall receive power, Acts eight. You shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. If you want to receive the Holy Spirit baptism, please meet me over here by this tree. I want to pray with you. Now, maybe there's someone in this place you've... You know, you love the Lord and you, you got, you're saved, but frankly, you don't feel that confidence if you did take your last breath right now. You, you don't know if you would go to heaven or hell. Well, that's too big of a risk. Don't, don't risk it. You need to just, whoever that is, drop the pride and come over and pray with me. And let's, let's just pray a prayer of rededication and recommitting your life to the Lord. Let's kick this year off right. Amen. Now, maybe there's someone in here you need a physical healing, emotional healing. You just need prayer for anything else. I want to invite you over here by this tree, and I want to pray with you. Amen. But, guys, we had a wonderful service today. Woo, hallelujah. Um, Father God, thank you so much. Thank you, Lord God. I just... I sense your blessing on this new year, Lord God. We want to do it right. Holy Spirit, we just invite you into every area of our life right now. Flood our hearts. Lord, any dry places inside of us, Lord, any dry places, any real estate that we've given to the enemy, Lord, reveal it to us and heal us. Deliver us, Lord God. Show us how to go about to to hydrate those areas of our life, Father God. And Lord God, we just thank you for the precious blood of your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray for every person in this place and listening online right now. I plead the blood of Jesus over them, over all of us right now. Lord, I thank you for the year 2022. I speak prosperity, healing, and blessing like never before on it in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen, amen. Does anybody have anything they want to say? Any, uh... Announcements, Barry, are we good? All right. All right. Hey, guys, love you, and uh, have a great week, everyone. Uh, If you need me, you know where to find me. Let's get together. Amen? Love you all. God bless. Happy New Year.